Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wally, Texas. Let's go on in and see what Charlie Mullen has to teach us today. Amen. Let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you tonight humbly asking that you touch us, Father. That you forgive us our trespasses, Father, and let us forgive those who trespass against us, Father. Father, that you'll take this offering we're about to take up and let it be used to continue the work in your kingdom here on earth, Father. Father, bless the ones who can give. Father, bless the ones that can't so that they may give, Father. And Father, it's all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, sweetheart. You may be seated. I used to live a lie. I used to think that I had to be rock hard. Nothing could get to me. Anybody in here ever work with metal? What happens when you make a blade too hard? You'll break it. So what God did, and it's kind of funny that she played that song, what God did is he took me back to the fire, and he melted me down, and he worked with me, and he banged on me, and he stuck me back in the fire, and he molded me into what he wanted me to be, and then he quenched me. And then he gave me brothers and sisters in Christ that would hone me. I always tell my wife all the time, be careful around me. Why? I am honed to a fine edge. An elite killing machine is what I used to tell her playing around. But I'm going to tell you something. God put men and women of God in my life to sharpen my iron. Because the last thing I want to do is get so hard in my life that I break and have to go back to the fire. Because right now, I am a tool in God's toolbox that is finely tuned and taken care of and kept a sharp edge upon because he makes me sharpen and rub up against other like-minded people. But then I struggle. I struggle with my flesh. I struggle with my addictions. I struggle with my temper. And I'm going to tell you something. Every one of those statements, I struggle with blank. You don't know the life I've lived, Pastor. You couldn't possibly understand why I can't do whatever. I was born addicted. I was born into a family of abusers. I was born, I don't care. And you know what? Neither does my father. Because the biggest lie devil can tell you is that he is on an equal playing field with your father. See, people think that God is on one side and Satan is on another side and they both have armies that are going to fight against you. What you're forgetting about is there is but one creator. And he created who we battle against every day. And if he wanted him gone, he would make him gone. The point is, is that there's too many people out there who want to keep believing the lie that they have to struggle with their flesh. That they have to struggle with their addictions. If we go to Galatians chapter 5, I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't be struggling with your flesh. We all agree that when Christians come together that iron sharpens iron, correct? So when somebody comes to you and says, I'm struggling with my flesh today, what should your answer be? 
why are you playing with dead things? You wouldn't walk up to a carcass of a dead dog on the side of the road and play with it. So why do you think you should be fooling around with your own flesh? We go down to verse, let's see here, let's start at 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Praise God. I'm going to tell you something, man. There is a reason Jesus had to die on the cross. Because man would never have had a chance going by the law. Way too many of them, way too many different rules, and we were never going to live up to it. And ever you hear people say all the time, well, if God is so good, why doesn't he just wipe the earth clean of evil? He's already done that once. Where did it get him? We're right back where we were. Man is going to believe exactly what he wants to believe to make his mind feel better about his flesh. You'll believe anything. If I tell you that your addiction to cocaine is because your mom and daddy didn't hug you enough, you will spend the rest of your life blaming your mama and daddy for your lifelong addiction to cocaine, even though your parents never touched cocaine. You will blame your uncle who didn't act appropriately with you for the rest of your life after your uncle's dead. Your uncle is never going to suffer a day for what you blame on him. So what does it say we should do? The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfishness, ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, you don't know how much I suffer with my addiction to porn. Why? Why do you suffer with it? Because you make up an excuse for your flesh. You make up an excuse to go back and play with the corpse that was once you. But you're too afraid to live life like a godly person because you've lived for hell so long that you like the people there. Man, man, if I change my ways, man, people ain't going to like me anymore, man. I'm going to tell you something, man. I spent 20 years developing a reputation that I was scared of nothing and no one. Biggest lie I ever told. <clears throat> that doesn't mean that I would back away from you. You come to me, if it bleeds, I can kill it, which means I have a chance. But I rode, a different, I rode my motorcycle a different direction home every night. I never went to the same store twice in the same week. I had, gar, I had 
guard dogs in between two gates at my house. I had security cameras up everywhere. I had a gun in every corner. And people ask me, guns, what are you afraid of? Nothing. Everything. Because the worst thing you could do to me was take my life. So what does the scripture say I should do with those thoughts? Let's go here. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Woo, that's a big one. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Woo, that's another big one. Here comes the, here comes the, the, the worst one. Gentleness and the, and the absolute top of the heap, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So you can live like that and never break a law. If you live for heaven, you'll see heaven. If you live for hell, that's the only shot you got. Why should I not be playing with my flesh? I'm still flesh. I'm not still flesh. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I see. We can't nitpick the scriptures. Where are we at here? Where are we at here? Oh, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passion and desires. So what does that mean? What does it mean to crucify? It means to present it to God and let it die. That's where your past belongs. That's where your sinful nature belongs. That's where your flesh belongs. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Because there was no way he could go descend into hell in the spirit realm while he was in the flesh. You will never get to the kingdom of God while you're walking around in flesh. You have to learn how to listen to what the Holy Spirit tells you and you'll never listen to what the Holy Spirit tells you if you won't defeat your flesh, hang it on a cross, let it die and let your spirit be resurrected so it too can beat hell. Your one true Savior went to hell, took the keys and hangs on to them today. The only way that you get to hell, the only way you're going to go to hell is if you want to. I'm scared to death. You don't know what it means. You don't know how addicted I am. You don't know this. Do you know me? You go to one of the only churches in the Metroplex that you don't want to have a... Yeah, I've done that conversation with your pastors. <laughs> Trust me. Half the stuff y'all think are the worst things in your life are what we put training wheels on. If I haven't done enough, talk to the women's minister. She married me. She married me, and here's the part about it. I asked God for a godly woman in my life, one that would show me where I was wrong. And my wife went up to me, and this ought to help some of y'all. Honey, you need to retire out of this violent world that you're living in, and you need to get away from it. Man, I am fine right where I'm at. 17 people in the last 12 months is how many people you fought. I was in my 40s and had 17 street fights in one year. Too old to be out there doing that. Not to mention the fact it ain't right. It's not right. 
since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, or envying each other. There's a big one. Every time something good happens to me, you get mad. You want to know how I know that? Because every time something good happens to you, I get mad. If you're going to get blessed by God, I need to be blessed too. And that is the way the church thinks today. I'm doing everything and more than what Sister Johnson is over there. And we all know she gossips. We all know she does. Well, what are you doing right now? Dissension. Praise God every time somebody around you gets blessed. Because here's the thing. God hears everything. Would you rather hear him thank you, God, for blessing them? I will praise you every day for everything you touch with my brother Michael over there. What's God here? And that boy right there appreciates it when I bless him. I wonder how much he would appreciate it if I blessed him. Problem is, is I get mad at God. I get mad at God and I want to quit because it didn't do that. How many motorcycles, how many brand new Harleys have died on the side of the road? How many of them are still sitting there? None. Your battery goes bad on your motorcycle on the side of the road, you will lift heaven, move heaven and earth to get that bike towed to that dealership to get it fixed. Will you not? You know how many times I've driven by and seen God sitting on the side of the road because he let somebody down? That toy that you have, you will go to the earth's end to make sure that it's in top condition and you'll let your soul take a chance on going to hell because you won't depend on God for anything. God blesses Michael over there and I want to get mad at God. God blesses me and I said, look what I did. Man, ain't you been praying about that for about six months? Yeah, but you know, finally... I got, I got the right move, and I did the right thing. I, 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 I. Am I not? Yeah, that was the, biggest, uh, the second biggest lie I ever told. I used to tell everybody in this church, don't hassle it. I got this. And I ain't got nothing. You know what I got? I got the Holy Spirit living in me. When you want to talk about the Holy Spirit, I got this. When you want to talk about the fact that I can't do anything on my own without the Holy Spirit, I got that. It finally got through my head. There's a lot of things that I didn't get when I was hollering, I got this. But when God put me on my knees and showed me over a four-day coma a little bit of what hell was going to look like, because hell in the Bible says it's a complete separation from God. When I was in that coma for four days, the only thing I couldn't do, I could threaten everybody in the hospital, could I not? I could yell at my wife. I could raise my gown up and holler, hey, look at this. Yeah. But what I couldn't do was pray. No matter what I did, I couldn't concentrate on anything long enough to pray to my God. And I couldn't reach out to him. And it broke my heart. And I woke up and I told God, if you'll never make me do that again, I will live my life the rest of my days for you. And only you. And then I could honestly say, I got this because I finally got the lesson that God has been trying to teach me for years. 
is that it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of dope and it takes a lot of booze and it takes a lot of bad decisions to mess your life up as bad as what I messed it up. But praise God, it only takes two seconds in front of this altar and giving your life to God and crucifying your flesh. It is a painful death because with your flesh dies all of your excuses. You can't blame mom and daddy. You can't blame that teacher that didn't listen to you. You can't blame daddy. Girls, you can't go hunting down 15 men a week because your daddy didn't love on you because your heavenly father will love on you every time you ask. And patience, don't even ask me about that. I've asked God for patience one time. I got married, been married for a couple years now. Learning patience. God doesn't give you anything. He teaches you everything. Ask for patience, guys. He'll give you a wife. They make you learn it. But what he won't do is listen to your excuses. What he won't do is tolerate you having bad behavior just for the sake of having bad behavior. The worst thing in the world they can do to you while you live your life in a, as a sinner is kill you because you've got a one-way ticket to hell. The worst thing they can ever do to you as a Christian that they think is kill you. Psh, come on, man, kill me. My next breath is in heaven. I asked my wife the other day, my job in heaven, your job in heaven, well, not to be to greet people you love. The only thing the Bible says about that heaven will be is that you will praise God for eternity. So here's the thing. All I want to do, I, I, one thing, all I, I, I want to touch his hands. I am fascinated by Jesus' hands. So I want to ask you a question. Everybody in this room that has ever pierced their hands Anybody in here who's ever nicked a finger so I could live a better life? Raise your hand. You nicked your finger so I could live a better life? No, you didn't. You didn't even know me. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't know me either. And he killed himself. My wife tried to cut her thumb off cooking me a turkey last year. That's what she's going to tell you. She has nicked her fingers to benefit me. You understand what I'm saying? You can think of me what you would like to think of me because you, come on, man, if I don't respect myself, I don't respect your opinion either. I'm free from you because I'm free from me. And if I'm free from me, then I'm free from all them excuses. If what Charlie wants isn't what matters anymore, what should I care what you want? We should all want the same thing. A life that is lived as a satisfactory sacrifice to God. Second Corinthians 5.17. I don't expect you to go there because I'm going to move pretty quick. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He is a new creation. So where if you if you give your life to Christ and you stand back up. And you leave all that mess back over here behind the wall. And you walk back out there and sit down. Where should all your addictions be? 
Where should all your hate be? Where should your depression be? Where should your anxiety be? Where should your sexual addictions, whatever you want to say, where should that all be? The only thing walking back to that table with you should be a full heart in Jesus. Come on, man. You've been trying to get that your whole life. Dope didn't do it for you. Men didn't do it for you. Women didn't do it for you. I venture to say motorcycles might have came close. Booze ain't going to do it for you. Cocaine sure ain't going to do it for you. I'm too paranoid to pray. Jesus was the only thing that ever came close to this right here. This right here is the only time I'm whole. I love my wife. Don't get me wrong. My marriage is complete. God gave me a woman who will not stand for me not to be the leader of my house. I try to put her out front. She kicks me in the butt and says, that's your job. It's your job, guys. Your job is to stand out front and take what's coming. Because God gave you the skills and the rights in your household to tell the devil to get out of it. If I broke into your house, how many of you guys are going to stand aside and let your, let your wife handle me? Not a one of you. Pride, first off. I'm not letting my wife handle this problem. But here's the thing. Why will you let your wife be the one who has to kick the side of the bed every Sunday morning and tell you to get out of it and let's go to church? Why should your wife be the one who says, hey, we need to pray? Why should your wife, guys, you ought to beat her out the door every Sunday morning. You should beat her to the prayer time. And look over there at her while she's in her chair before you ask her to do something from you. Make sure she don't have that Bible in her hand. Because if your wife's anything like mine, she will stop reading that Bible to go get me a Dr. Pepper. Whose fault is that? That's my wife's job. She will tell you that's her job. I'm not trying to say that I'm the king of my house. My wife made me the king of my house. I didn't want that responsibility. Man, I don't want to be the spiritual head of my household. That's a lot of responsibility. My wife goes to hell because I stood in front of her. I did something wrong, and God's going to call me on it. My kids go to hell because I didn't stress to them the importance of living for God. That's on me, guys. You go to hell. That's on me. My job is to make sure that you understand that you it's okay for you to stop being what you were never intended to be. God never intended on you to have an addiction. God never intended on you to be violent. God never, God, what man was created for was to walk with God in the cool of the evening and have a relationship with Him. That is your job on this earth, is to have a relationship with your Heavenly Father. Everything else is a means to do that. But you will worry night and day if you messed up at work about what your boss is going to say and then watch porn to get over it. Can we worry about what our Heavenly Father thinks first? 
I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I will never stop saying it, just like J.R. says. He will never stop preaching salvation. I am never going to stop beating you upside the head with these two words. God first. My wife is having me a t-shirt made. It says, if God ain't first, you're last. Brothers, I'm going to tell you something. I am first in the kingdom of heaven. Because God sent his son to die for me. That's the only attitude you have to have. I love my God. How many of y'all killed a kid to save me? How many of you would slaughter your child in the most evil way there is to slaughter somebody so I wouldn't have to go to prison for the rest of my life? Ain't no one of you. I wouldn't ask you to. I didn't ask him either. He knew that he knew that he knew that when I died, I was going to go to heaven. See, because God knows. If God, if guns makes this turn, he's going to hell. If God, st- if he stays right here and keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to go to heaven. So what I'm going to do is, I, instead of putting things in his way on this straight path, I'm going to block off the exits. That is what you have to do. You have to have people in your life that keep you on the main highway. Because I've seen me do it. Ooh, biggest yarn, biggest, biggest ball of twine in America. I'm going to go see that. That's what sin is, guys. You are cruising down the highway living for God, and there's a sign on the side of the road that says, world's biggest hoo-hahs. And guys are going to go, I'm checking that out. That's why people like us are here. So we can block that exit and say, no, nah, brother, you don't need to go see that, man. Keep going straight. Let's get where we're going. I know that for for me to say that as a biker, that it's the destination, not the journey. Guys, I'm going to do everything I can to get to heaven. And if that means that I have to live like a decent human being, (laughs) what it takes for me to get to heaven is to stop making excuses for living like hell. All I have to do is remember who I am in Christ. Forget who I am in the world. Remember who I am in Christ. I am an heir to the kingdom of God. My father owns it all. Never did cross my mind till here recently. That bottom rocker I used to wear, it's dirt, man. It's thread on a piece of cloth. And I'm going to fight over what it says. <laughs> Come on, man. That's almost as bad as spray painting the name of my organization on the side of a concrete wall and saying, you can't pass that concrete wall if you ain't in my organization. My Father in heaven owns it all. You can mark it up all you want to. Brother, I even heard that black marks disappear in heaven when we do burnouts down the main streets. <clears throat> I got a brother up there right now cruising around. I'm going to tell you something. The only thing keeping you out of heaven is you. Those little excuses that you like to use. Well, come on, man. If I stop doing this, and if I stop doing that, my friends aren't going to like me anymore. I think you'll be surprised. I was. I thought I was going to get thrown out on my head by the people that I hung around with. 
And then when I went back to go see them, and they said, hey, man, come on, let's go do a shot. And I said, how about we go in here and get a glass of iced tea, man? What? Guns don't want a shot of Jameson? Are you crazy? Ah, man, what got into you, man? I found God, brother. You want to hear about it? I'll take that glass of tea. You don't know how many people told me, hey, listen, man, maybe not right now, but I respect what you're doing. And it's about time for me to start chasing some of them down. It's about time for me to start going after that one. If I'm going to be a shepherd, i got to start chasing down the sheep. My job is to tell you what God puts on my heart. I'm not preaching at you. I'm telling you what God's telling me is wrong with me. That's my job. My job is to open myself up so that God can hammer on me and then I look down and see what he's knocked off of me and tell you. That's what a sermon is. A sermon is me learning how to live for God from God and then telling you how I did it. So you can either take those directions or figure it out yourself. I am. And here's the thing. It took somebody like, or some people like this church to finally get it through my head because I finally started going to a church that was honest with me. I honestly don't care what you wear. I honestly really don't care how you talk. Here's what you don't understand. I could care less. If God tells me to tell you, I'm going to tell you. Because if I'm, too, if I'm so worried about what you're going to think about what I say that I don't tell, God, tell you what God told me to tell you, then who am I being obedient to? My pride is going to get in the way of me delivering. I'm sorry, I'm not going to water down my message because you can't handle the truth at 100 proof. I never watered down my whiskey. I'm not going to water down my Jesus. <laughs> it's like that one, babe. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know whether y'all know, but I'm, I'm kind of getting, my wife had this one remade for me because my little dog decided it didn't need sleeves. What he means by that is Charlie decided that he needed sleeves. Yeah, my dog said, ooh, look, something to play with. It smells like dad. This should go outside. I'm going to bury it right there. Anyway. Why? Why are you going to spend your life making excuses? When all you have to do is be a good person and accept the fact that there was a, a force in this universe that loved you so much that he took an earthly form, came down to earth, let men beat him to death, so that you would have a chance of joining him in heaven. Ain't nobody on earth ever going to do that for me. I used to tell my brothers all the time, I don't know about taking a bullet for you, but I'll put a bullet in a man for you. And you know what? If I owed them that, then I owe them the Holy Spirit too. Every man out there that I ever stood up for in the world, I should be standing in the gap for right now for God. 
Because if one of them goes to hell, that's on me. Because I know and I don't tell them. So you, if you don't know tonight, if you don't know that you know that you know, and I'm not going to do the whole thing, if you leave here tonight and get hit by a bus on the way home, and you die, are you going to heaven? Because here's the thing. If you get home without getting hit by a bus, I don't want you to celebrate crack a beer. What I'm going to tell you is that if you are tired of living life by excuses for your bad behavior, and you want to start living your life as a pleasing sacrifice to God, you have one opportunity tonight and dozens more over the next couple of days to hand it over to God. I don't care about the little prayer we're going to say. And stuff. That's not what I'm trying to do. Everybody wants to know. I mean, that's the thing I hate about talking to other pastors. How many you got? Enough. How many got saved on Sunday? Didn't count them. It's not my job to count how many people said that little prayer. It's my job to keep you on the highway. Or should I say stairway? Stairway to heaven, highway to hell. It's a long climb. So we got to get you in shape. I'm in shape. Round is a shape. Don't ever let anybody tell you it's not. My spirit is what I've been working out. My spirit is what grows stronger every day. And you want to know why? That's because I grind it up against other Christians like you, and it has become razor sharp. So I hope when I talk to you, it cuts you to your soul, and you listen to what God wants from you. All God wants from you is everything. The first thought out of your mind in the morning should be God. The last thought on your mind at night should be God. And if it is the last thought on your mind at night, see how much better you sleep when you go to bed praising God and you wake up praising God and then you find a little bit of time inside that busy day that you got trying to impress the flesh to praise God and see what happens. God first. You second. Everything else comes after that. I want everybody to bow their head, close their eyes. I want nobody looking around because I'm not going to count you. I don't want you counting other people. This ain't about you. This is about somebody in God. How tired do you have to be? How worn out, beat up, drugged down, and depressed do you have to get before you realize that all it takes is for you to lay all that down? If that's what you want tonight, I want you to put your hand in the air. Praise God. You can put your hands down. Listen, if you put your hand up in there, I want you to stick around for a couple minutes after the service so we can get we can talk with you a little bit and then we can pray with you. Brother Bones, would you pray us out of here, please, sir? Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, 
Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.